Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Hopefully everybody out there had a great week. I myself had a pretty good one amongst all the things going on in the world. But yeah, overall it was uh, it was definitely a good one. But I think we should go ahead and get started with the episode. This one here is going to be talking about the Sam Raimi horror anthology that is on Quibi. And what is a Quibi, you might ask? Well, it is actually a streaming service. And, well, this is uh, one that is meant to be viewed specifically on your cell phone, which, honestly, I'm not a big fan of. I will actually go and get into that a little bit later as far as some of the headaches with the actual service itself. With 50 States of Fright, my actual interest in this one was because Sam Raimi was making a return to the horror genre. It's something that he has not done since 2009's Drag Me to Hell, and I thought that this would be a reason to celebrate. He did only direct the first episode, and I don't know how hands-on he was actually in the other episodes. Hopefully he did have a little bit of a hand in them outside of maybe slightly overseeing, I don't know. It would actually be nice to think that he guided this along a little bit. I do like the concept of this show. I think it's actually a pretty good one. We have stories that take place in different states and they're actually based on the state's folklore and the different tales that have been told over time. As Sam Raimi himself actually says in the opening credits, that these are stories that are not told, but whispered. And I guess that's supposed to make it extra spooky. With 50 States of Fright, we're actually getting five stories spread over the course of 14 episodes. How can that be, you ask? And that's one of my main complaints with the entire thing. With this being on Quibi, the episodes themselves are about eight minutes apiece. However, the episodes go into roughly about a half hour apiece, anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. And it's kind of annoying, especially when you're watching them and you would like to binge an entire episode, but then you have to keep going back, more or less, or you have to wait till the next episode's going to autoplay. One thing that is nice is that I was able to watch these on airplay. I was able to actually zap them up to my TV which I liked because while it's nice to have a, I guess, service or something that's devoted specifically to cell phones or mobile devices, I would much rather have it up on my TV. But that's the big problem is that these little bite-sized episodes, they actually break up any kind of tension throughout the entire story. But... I don't know. It's something that I wish that this show was on a different service. For one, I don't think Quibi is going to survive. For another, I really do not like the model that I had to watch three individual episodes for one story. I thought it was overall pretty lame, and I understand that this is designed to be for the ADD type of kids nowadays as far as you know they want to watch their their tiktoks and all that stuff sure that's all great and everything but it's definitely something that i don't care for personally i don't think there's anything else on quibi that i really want to watch and honestly just going through some of the stuff that's there it really does seem like the service is not for me 
if you did give Quibi a try and you enjoy it, then by all means keep watching it. Um, but yeah, that's one of my main complaints because the stories presented here in 50 States of Fright are actually fun. Uh, they'll remind you a little bit of maybe the creep show show that is on Shudder right now. Um, it never goes into Tales from the Crypt levels as far as, I guess, like a morals tale. I mean, really, the Sam Raimi episode, the, the Golden Arm, which takes place in Michigan, that one there, I mean, yeah, that goes with a little bit of the morals and this and that. But then again, I mean, it's very light and loose. It's not anything like Tales from the Crypt, and it doesn't really have a sense of humor the way Tales from the Crypt had or anything like that. So this is definitely a show that is trying to be straight-up horror, but really a lot of these stories and everything, you'll feel that you may have seen them before. I did, I did enjoy The Golden Arm, which of course was directed by Sam Raimi, and it had a lot of Sam Raimi-esque horror moments and really makes me wish we would get another Evil Dead film from him, but I'm smart enough to know that that'll probably never happen. It was just nice to see his, I guess, very loose direction, the way he's always done things, and also, again, the fact that he is not afraid to let the blood fly. So that definitely added to it. And it was kind of darkly comedic. So with the comedy added in, it had that definite Sam Raimi feel. All of the other episodes did not though. And that I guess is okay because they weren't done by Sam Raimi. Like I said, I have no idea how how much he was involved with this. Hopefully he was involved a lot, but I really think that he probably only did the first episode and everybody else was like, oh yeah, okay, here you go. So I really don't think he was involved with it, but I'd like to think he, he was. The other stories that we had were America's Largest Ball of Twine, which was Kansas. That one was okay. It had Karen Allen in that episode. It was... It was an episode that wasn't half bad, but I wouldn't call it a great episode. It was kind of silly with its concept. I mean, you had people that were made out of twine that were the town and the protector over this ball of twine that was living. It wasn't bad, but again, it was just kind of bit, a bit on the silly side. You also had other episodes like the Scared Stiff, which involves a taxidermist who winds up receiving an interesting specimen and the specimen just winds up being I guess Sasquatch's child and well I guess the mama or papa Sasquatch is coming for their baby again it was another episode wasn't half bad it was an all right time waster so as of right now all three of these are pretty good you also had the one oh I forgot to mention the scared stiff episode with the taxidermist. That one actually took place in Oregon. So does that actually fit within that? I don't know. I've never been there. But then we also had Gray Cloud Island, which took place in Minnesota. And well, that one there reminded me a lot of a movie that I saw a couple years ago. I think it was called The Shrine by uh, director John Knotts. Nuts? Knotts? I don't know how you say his name. 
Um, but anyway, that was the guy that directed Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer, and if you've seen that movie, and if you've seen the movie The Shrine, you'll have a pretty good idea how this one turns out. This one involves a group of kids that are going to get hazed and initiated into a frat. Along the way, they come across some people that are trying to protect their town, and it appears that they captured and are going to kill an innocent woman. Um, again, it's something I saw before in a previous movie, so I was not surprised how this one turned out. It was a fun episode, and I think it's probably one of the better ones, even though it's something that I definitely have seen before. The final episode is Destino, uh, and that takes place in Florida, and that involves cops and a call about a missing goat. There is some other things thrown in there. I actually did enjoy this one quite a bit. I thought it was cool because of the occult stuff that was going on. And I enjoyed the way that they handled the found footage aspect that the cameras were body cams. It almost reminded me of the second record film as far as being able to show it from a different person's perspective. Granted, we didn't get anything as cool as being shown multiple things at once. However, it was definitely an inventive way to actually carry out the found footage idea. And I don't care for found footage personally, um, but this one here was written by Eduardo Sanchez, who was involved with the Blair Witch Project. So it's not surprising that the episode that he was actually involved with had a found footage element and slant to it. That one, I would say, is probably one of the best episodes of the entire series because of the fact that, again, it touches on a, like a darker feeling episode than what the other episodes actually did. It seems like the other ones were going for a little bit more of a fun type of thing. Again, almost like a creep show type of idea. And then you had this one, which uh, is somewhat humorless throughout the entire proceeding. Overall, this one here is actually a really fun anthology show. I do hope it does get a second season. I am currently going to cancel my Quibi subscription, and if this one does get a second season, then I will re-up it for another month or so. I do think Quibi is a service that will not survive, as I stated earlier. To be honest, this whole thing seems like a gimmick, and I know that DreamWorks CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg I know that he's really putting a lot into it, and you know, and he's getting these filmmakers to come onto it, such as Sam Raimi, and I know that Spielberg is supposedly going to have a horror TV show or whatever that's going to be on it. Um, I don't know. The service definitely does not feel like it's for me. Um, maybe it is for you. Uh, so again, if you enjoy it, then yeah, by all means, uh, don't let my opinion taint your opinion of it. It's just that I really hope that 50 States of Fright, I really hope that that one gets a home somewhere else. I could really feel it being at home at like Shudder or Hulu or Netflix or something like that. Probably more Shudder, but I feel like 50 States of Fright would be in competition with Creepshow then, and I don't know if Shudder would want two of the same type of feeling anthology shows on their service. As far as the streaming services go, Quibi is definitely going to be one of the weakest ones. It's definitely not worth 
$10 a month for commercial free. It is not worth the five bucks or whatever for the ad supported version. I think the interface of Quibi is pretty awful as well. I don't know if they'll fix that, but the interface itself is definitely not uh, very intuitive or uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like you'll ever have a truly firm grasp on how to actually do everything. It reminds me a little bit of that they were trying to make this feel like Snapchat or something like that. And personally, I have no room for something like Snapchat in my life. I do not care for it at all. But again, that's just me. This stuff isn't for me. It might be for you or it might be for a younger audience. I do recommend maybe doing a free trial of Quibi uh, just to go and see about, uh, I guess, what what it's all about. And if you do do that and you enjoy horror, you definitely want to check out 50 States of Fright. It's, uh, it's a good time. It's just not something that uh, is going to be worth it for me to keep it as a subscription to watch this. So here's hoping it finds a better home. But with that being said, I'm going to close out this episode as a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. And if you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I definitely take requests. So if there's something that you would like me to tackle and talk about, well, hit me up on social media or go and drop me an email and I'll do my best to accommodate that. You could also go to adamanalyzes.com. That is my website, and you can catch up on some past episodes there. And also, if you do have a free moment, I would appreciate if you would give me a five-star rating at the podcast listing platform of your choice. That will actually allow me to continue making these, hopefully reach new listeners. And also, I simply love digital hugs. With that being said, be kind and good night.